Welcome to this week's episode of Sports and Comedy. Back to the OGs, me and Greg. How you doing, bud? Doing good. Uh, aside from a few home improvement issues, we're <laughs> we're doing just fine. That's how it is, man. As soon as you move into your own place, especially once you like own a place, I mean, you're just immediately fixing shit and mounting shit and running into stuff that you got to worry about. At least you guys have, you know, a maintenance crew that would uh, come yeah. in and uh, fix stuff. I'm just trying to get get through my honeydew list. Exactly. So you're mounting a TV. What else are you trying to do? Uh, we got blackout blinds. Oh, sick! That's a must. So, yeah. Well, our uh, our shades are not very good. Mm-hmm. So those apartment ones. Same to get shit, that. man. So I feel you. I gotta get. I gotta get that rolling, and then uh, just put up shit. You know. Just, yeah. Uh, making sure I'm not hitting any fucking. Ele- electrical <laughs> wires and God. stuff but uh yeah this place is full of surprises so i'm grabbing a uh a mac magnetic stud finder to make sure i'm not drilling into fucking metal studs good call yeah for real yeah that's funny dude so broncos played yesterday no starters really at all played on kj hamler oh yeah kj hamler i guess we could call him a starter depending on how the how the, the season first three whites at but then yeah. again, and also uh, that Washington kid, uh, he's a fifth round pick from Sanford. You're talking about the running back? No, the wide receiver, oh. Montreal Washington. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. He was pretty damn good. He's really? been looking. <laughs> he's kind of. He's been doing our uh, kick returning uh, responsibilities, oh, yes. and he's been. He's been. Uh, just electric whenever he gets whenever he gets the ball yeah so he had one catch for 11 yards and a touchdown yesterday but he's been our primary uh kick returner he's been averaging or no that's just rushing rushing he has 11 yards wow with uh a touchdown and uh but he's been averaging like close to like 15 to 20 yards of return jesus you know i was which is like huge that's that's a huge difference like that's what two to three first downs yeah for sure i mean especially you know if it, depending on where the kit where the kick is caught i mean mm-hmm. man if he catches that thing at like the 10 or like the 5 10 yard line he's getting out there near the 25 i mean better than a better than a touchback right yeah then you catch a punt at the 40 or some shit get a 15 yard return i mean that's damn good feel, yeah feel then, good. uh Kitchen Handler had a solid. It was. A, I think they wanted to work him in just because he he's coming off the hip mm-hmm. and the knee surgeries, and it that was his first live game that he's been in of this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean he missed all of last year. I mean it was good to see him. Um, I was impressed by that running back Boone. Did you see him running the ball, Michael Boone? Yeah, I'm liking him, man. We have we seem to have a lot of depth at running back again. Yeah. And it feels it good, good, especially with how our offense is going to be running. And uh, because, you know, the Nathaniel Hackett offense has always been kind of like a run first kind of offense and then just kind of taking care of your your stuff and uh, taking care of your guys and your quarterback. Sorry. Okay. And uh, so it's uh, but it's it's I think it's good to have like a couple of those kinds of running backs where you can kind of some guy needs a breather or some guys nipped up. Cause you know, you're not going to, especially with running back position and the, and the extra game this, these years, 
you're not going to have the ability to have a guy go wire to wire. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> exactly. And you, you honestly, you have to have a fresh running back in there at all times. Is how it feels. I mean, unless you have a Derrick Henry in your backfield, it's running back by committee basically everywhere you look. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, totally agree. You have to have that depth at that position. I mean, and, well, because look at what happened when uh, Derrick Henry went down. The rushing attack was completely di different. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. well, then it gets harder to like replace a guy like Derrick fucking Henry. Exactly. You know, it's not like. The Ravens have JT Huntley back it up Lamar Jackson. So when Lamar Jackson goes out, they have something similar to put in there. But mm -hmm. there isn't a similar person out there like Derrick Henry. I mean, there's big running backs, there's fast running backs, and there's strong running backs. But there's not another one that's all three all put together. Unless you have AP in his prime backing up Derrick Henry. I mean, it's just not happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and you're not going to be able to hold those two guys on the same roster. Hell no. Hell no. But, uh, Maybe for a year good, until everyone realizes. <laughs> I wanted to talk about was uh, actually uh, surprised me because he's done fucking nothing his entire career so far, his first couple games here and, and in practice is Nick Benito because mm. he, he's nev not been like, how much have you heard about him this season besides that he's the only thing that you hear about him is that there's n he's not showing up anywhere. That's the only yeah, thing that you could hear. Exactly. And he came out and actually had a he had a game yesterday, uh, four tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. Fuck yeah, man! I mean, we need like, that sort of stuff. That's yeah, exactly well, what we need. Losing Von but Miller. It showed, I think it also shows exactly how the Bron like he's how he needs to be utilized to be effective with the Broncos, because <clears throat> he's undersized for an outside linebacker position. And pure, he's just a pure pass rusher. Because mm -hmm. if you're, he's out there, that offense on the field is going to run at him every single fucking play. Yeah, because he gets washed out. He can't. Mm -hmm. He can't hold up. But if he's able to just kind of be like, you know, uh, like um, uh, the Steelers back in the day, where they just like had pure pet like seven pass rushers on the field and, and like just blitz the fuck out of you. Yeah, like, kind of like that. Kind of like remember the or, like remember the mid two thousand. For sure. I remember the mid-2000s Giants when they had yeah. just, I mean, non-stop pass rushers. Justin, uh, Justin Tuck. Uh, was it Uzi or uh, uh, he had a weird name. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I want to say Oja Moutier, but that's uh, well, wider or the quarterback for us, but uh, you're uh, Ozi Omanura. Yeah, Ozi Omanura. Ozi Omanura and Justin Tuck and uh, Michael JPP Strahan. and Michael Strahan. Yeah, I mean they had a fucking squad. That's nuts. Yeah, that's just two star, two pro possible pole pro bowlers, two sets of them just back and forth. I mean, that's something that just uh, they that was the year they beat the um, Patriots. Patriots, right? Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that wins championships, man. I mean, it really is. Yeah, especially. Speak. I mean, we did it with the Broncos in twenty fifteen. Fuck yeah, we might do it again. I mean, I'm not, knock on wood, but. We have an actual Super Bowl contending team right now. We really do. I mean, that's not saying that we're a Super Bowl or bust team, but we're a contender for sure. I don't think that it's uh, especially kind of first. So it's first year uh, head coach, first mm -hmm. year uh, Russell Wilson post yeah. the Seahawks. Like, I, th I think uh, we're what could be hoped for is that we – make 
the postseason, like if we make a we make the playoffs, that that's one of the ones that's where I'm thinking that we should be thinking about as far as what our expectations should be. But I think if it does come together and it's shown that Nathaniel Hackett is a, is the coach and we're going to be good with him going forward and his scheme does work, then I think that's when we start talking about Super Bowl expectations. It's not really that I expect one even. It's just like, it's just, we have a quarterback. We have, we're just a team that it's not like, you know, last year, with Drew Locke or Teddy, whoever you wanted to start, we're not, even if everything goes right, There's it's not happening. There's no possible way. But now, I, that's why I say it's not Super Bowl or bust. Like, I won't be upset if we don't make a deep, deep run. But we're a team that could. That's all. I mean, if things, everything goes right, I agree that, you know, having a first-time head coach and a new quarterback and a brand-new system is some hurdles that we need to get over. I'm just saying it's possible to get over those hurdles but I'm not going to be upset if we don't. I just, it's nice being being on a team that's like, okay, if we make a if we make a solid like like the 49ers, they don't expect to win the Super Bowl every year, but every year they're like, all right, we'll make a legit run this year, or you know, we'll get damn close, and they're happy. I, I I'm down. I'm cool with that. I'm happy to be a team. I like just that. want to beat the fucking <laughs> uh, Chiefs. I know. <laughs> Stop that because I mean, what is was it since uh, it's like seven years we haven't mm-hmm. beaten the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, we've beat gotten the Chiefs, close. And that <laughs> would be <laughs> well, we came <clears throat> close last year with Drew Locke, but yeah. then uh, Noah Fant missed that block and fucking mm-hmm. Drew Locke got or no, it wasn't, it was uh, Melvin Gordon got destroyed. Well, and we got close with Case Keenum, but he missed DT on the last play of the game, remember? He had him, had him in the end zone and just missed him. I mean, we've been there. RIP. I know. Yeah, RIP. We've been close to beating them, but we have admittedly been their bitches for like seven years. It's been frustrating, but uh... we need to remind them what what 50 years was like before that. You guys, I'm Mm -hmm. glad you had your seven years of, of great football, and they're a great team, no doubt about it. And I'm not, like, upset that they're a good team. But we owned this division for 50 years and we need to get back to that. And we, I think we can get back to that. And we're at the point now where yes, they have Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, those are undeniably probably hall of famers, but we, this was our Mahomes. If he retired today, I don't think would be a, uh, for sure. Hall of famer. famer. Yeah. Probably if he, if he retired today, probably not. But if he continues on the pace, so that's kind of inconsequential doesn't... if you're saying because he's going to keep playing for a yeah, while, I think. exactly. And I just, you know, I, even if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, it's just he'll have the numbers and the accolades and all that. To <clears throat> I think I'm getting off topic. <clears throat> I'm just saying, we the Broncos owned this division for 50 fucking years. And they've had their they've had success. Well, the for, Raiders and us, yeah, yeah, fine. That's fine. True, true. Um, but it wasn't the Chiefs for fifty years, is what I should say. They didn't win anything yeah. for fifty years. <laughs> they finally did, and rightly so. They were they're a great team. They've started to slip though, and it's gotten to the point to where 
us, the Raiders, or the Chargers, any of us could take this division right back. I think the Broncos are going to do it, but we won't be shocked one bit if it's the Chargers either. This is a scary-ass division, Yeah, but man. I think uh, the, pro- the problem with the Chargers is, like, people people are, like, picking them for the Super Bowl. People are uh, picking them to win. Like, they're going to do something. Like, they're going to be the greatest team ever this season. But, like, this team's not very – like, hasn't done shit. Like, mm-hmm. what have they done in their recent <clears throat> history that has made you think that – they're going to just take off because they it's not just the fact that they haven't won anything it's also the fact that they uh they find ways to lose games they were yeah. nine and eight last week last year like that's the, they they, and then a, the people are expecting them as a super bowl fucking winner. they, they didn't want a playoff game with they justin herbert yet a, yeah and he's uh, a he's an mvp and, favorite I mean, I could, I can understand the MVP talk, and yeah, I don't disagree with any of the talented, and, but it, I, I get it; it's I, unwarranted I, in a way, hundred percent. Yeah, it just it it feels like people are jumping on it, and they're it has that feeling of a uh, what, what what am I thinking of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles when they got like Namdi Asamoah and uh, oh yeah, and the dream Vick team and they called the dream team. Yeah, it kind of has a feel of that where it's like. Yeah, they did make some very good off-season signings, getting Khalil Mack, getting J.C. Jackson. You know, yeah. like they've made some big strides as far as a team. But also, it's hard to just take great players and throw them on a team and make it into a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very, very good point. I mean, great GMs, great owners, great organizations know how to really utilize these players better than – these shittier organizations do like the Browns and, and Eagles. Eagles are a great example of that. I mean, that's huge. Well, I mean, they, they've actually won a yeah. Super Bowl recently, though. But the Browns, think about the team they assembled and won, what, one playoff game that entire time? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, with uh, Jarvis Landry, OBJ, uh, and, Baker Mayfield. And one of the best and possibly the best defense in the league. Yeah. Miles, I mean, one of the an arguably one of the best players in yeah uh nfl uh, miles garrett 100 percent, and they couldn't they barely won anything i mean we they're just a shitty organization but that's a very good point i mean <laughs> to me that that makes me feel like the broncos have a better chance of going further than the Chargers do for that reason you know like uh, i mean it, it's so tough to talk about this division I mean, every team in it has the possibility to be very good. <clears throat> even the Raiders, fuck the Raiders, but even the Raiders, you know, even the Raiders, you know, Devontae Adams. I mean, he was the the best wide receiver in all of football last year. He did have, yeah. he did have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. You know, that but, tends to help. Yeah, for sure. So it's not like bad quarterback play has ever held uh, Devontae Adams back. I imagine he'll have some sort of dip, but he said so himself, and I agree. He won't be seeing nearly as many double teams with Hunter, what with with a uh, uh, Darren Waller there. He keeps saying Hunter Renfro, but I think people are giving Hunter Renfro a little too much respect. I no think offense. they're starting to like. I get it. He's a very talented guy. Absolutely, but, like Hunter Renfro. Like really, that guy. Yeah, like gonna... let's chill. 
Like he's not <laughs> even Cooper Cup. I have a feeling like, can we like, I maybe I'm racist towards white people a little bit because I just ha- I just can't give Cooper Cup the love that he probably deserves. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know why. I keep I can't put well, him in the same Cooper conversation Cup, I mean, as fucking Cup Calvin Johnson. One of the first uh, guys to do the triple crown and for forever. sure. He deserves all the accolades and all the love in the world, but for some reason, I still can't put him in the same conversation as Megatron and Randy Moss and, you know, T.O. I just can't. I don't know why. It's my own weird bias, I guess. I I I guess he's slippery. You just don't, don't know. like white people, is what I you're guess. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm racist toward white receivers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Well, it's ridiculous. Ah, fuck. It's ridiculous. Look at it, like, we, there might be something to Hunter Renfro. I mean, he had 103 receptions and over a thousand yards last year and nine touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, great. I mean, he's 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 like basically. That's pretty damn good. I no, did very I, good. I'm surprised. I thought it was less than that, but like, I didn't know it was a thousand that's a, yards. That's a damn good season. For sure. Over a and thousand, now we'll have Devontae Adams yards. soaking up. Now we'll have Devontae Adams soaking up, I guess, double teams that Hunter Renfro has seen. But I can't. I don't want to be rude. <laughs> who who is doubling Hunter Renfro? <laughs> exactly. Come I, on. Now. I don't want to be rude towards these guys. I know Coop, what Cooper Cup did last year was absolutely incredible. But, and yes, they may may not have needed that last game, but isn't it odd that as soon as we add one game, all these records get broken? I mean, it's just odd, mm-hmm. isn't it? I, think I mean, it's, uh... the game has changed. Also, I mean, uh, Mag, you know, Randy Moss was playing in a time when there was you know thousand yard rushers on most teams, and he still got great numbers. Yeah, I'm trying to think like who was the NFL leader? Uh, would that be Jonathan Taylor last year? Yes, and rushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Jonathan Taylor. It would have been Derrick Henry if it wasn't for the injury. Yeah, Derrick Henry was still like fourth. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> even with unreal, even, uh, even with uh, doing everything, Derrick Henry probably uh, would have shattered the single season rushing record. I think he would have been fucking ridiculous. Like that's just uh, that's funny. But like, let's see here. So I, I just pulled this up. So there was. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven running backs that broke a thousand yards last year. Really? I wonder how many there were in like, let's see, like 05. Let's go back, you know, a little over 15 years. In 05, I bet there were 15 to 20. I just think most team had a workhorse. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay, so not as much of a difference as I thought there would be. That's pretty big, like 5 to 16. Yeah. Oh, it was 5 before. Or, like I said, or oh, 6, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's huge difference. I thought for some reason yeah. I misheard the first number. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the times have changed, man. And those, and those those receivers back then getting numbers similar or or, you know, right under what Cooper Cup was getting in a time when you had to actually share the ball, share the workload a lot more and DBs could rough you up like a motherfucker, do basically anything they wanted to you after five, before yeah, five the, yards. The, <laughs> the legal touching was a little yeah. lot more lax. I mean, Ronnie then. Lott would fucking forearm people to the face for just standing there. I mean, yeah. 
I just, I don't know. Maybe that's why I have a hard time putting Cooper Cup in the same, you know, conversation as those guys. But I don't know. Because Cooper Cup, if he was seeing that that triple team that Calvin Johnson saw against the Saints, Calvin Johnson, that's probably a 50-50 ball for that guy. Cooper Cup, no fucking way is he catching a ball on three people. No way. I don't give a sh- maybe Maybe a quick jet screen when he runs away from everyone behind the line. Maybe. But there's no way he's catching a jump ball or, or a post. It's not happening. Some things I don't think... I mean, yes, what I'm, I'm again, what he did was absolutely amazing, but some things a six five, six four person can just do a lot better. I could never do the shit that Cooper Cup did ever in my whole life, and I'm the same size as him. It's amazing what he's done with with what he has. But I just for some reason two K yards. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And he's, you know, an all pro is no question in my mind. I just when it comes to like goats of wide receiver, I just for some reason have a hard time putting him up there with those few guys. Uh, see here, I think you're kind of getting uh, detracted because I think you're uh, misinterpreting what's a great wide receiver and what's a great athlete at wide receiver because they have, uh, if you look at the, well, like if I ask you who's the greatest wide receiver of all time, who do you say? Personally, I would go Megatron. Not Jerry Rice? Not personally. Jerry Rice is like 1B. I just... Because Jerry Rice... He has all uh, the records, I, mean, I like, know. Yeah, he, For sure. He has every record. For sure. He has <laughs> like, every record. He did he it without it. being the fastest, he, without no, being he, the flashiest. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, for the longest time, for you know, most of my life, I agreed that Jerry Rice was the GOAT, but then I just started to look at it and as like Megatron, yeah, he had Matt Stafford, but he didn't have, you know, Bill Walsh, Joey, Joe Montana, Steve Young, plus, you know, Roger Craig, T.O. at one point around him. I mean, he had incredible. I don't want to take anything away from any of these guys. I just feel like if Megatron was put in that same situation, he would have shared those records too. That's all. But Jared, you know, it goes, uh, I'm going back also to what you were saying about how the games change. Mm-hmm. So Jerry Rice back in the day was playing in 19, like he was drafted in 1985. Yep. And so he, and he still put up uh, his best season was in 1995 and he had eight, over 1800 yards. For sure. So For like, sure. he's doing, you know, He's doing the same stuff. I mean, fuck, I'm looking at this. Like, in his third year, he came second in the uh, Associated Press MVP vault. It's so, unreal. And he broke, like, a 1,000 yards after 40 or something. Unbelievable. Yeah, 2000, like, yeah, 2002, he had 1,211 yards. I mean, to be fair, when he played with the Niners, they did create the West Coast offense. I'm sure that caught a lot of people by surprise. Again, he's 1B to me. Like, he's incredible. What he did being, what? I think he's barely over six foot, ran like a four or five. I did the whole speech on him in college at one point. He's the, ex- he's the exact same size as Hunter Renfro. Mm, Mississippi Valley six State two, University. <laughs> I mean, six, six to 200. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you either way. I mean, Megatron, uh, uh, Jerry Rice, fine. Randy Moss, fine. T.O., maybe. T.O., I think... Going back, like looking at it, like I think 
if he hadn't had all the behavioral mm-hmm. bullshit where he, you know, he was fighting it, yeah. trying to fight everybody. Quote unquote, you know, problem. Yeah, yeah. being a fucking cancer. I yeah, think we there'd be a lot more talk that he's in that kind of upper echelon of wide receivers. Because mm-hmm. if you look at his career and the stats that he did and the weight yeah. and the records he was close to and where he's sitting in a lot of those all-time lists. That For sure, he's top five to most things. He's yeah. not up there. Yeah, absolutely, and man. And he's, I mean, fuck, you just saw, he, the guy was a fucking freak, too. Oh, I dude. Mean, he was he's like 48, and he just ran like a 4-4-1. <laughs> no, he did. Are you serious? Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I've never seen something like that. Dude, I mean, and I grew up in Texas during those T.O. Romo times. You know, that's my quarterback. People mostly remember him crying, saying, that's my quarterback, that's my quarterback. People don't remember, you know, him scoring a touchdown and grabbing the grabbing the popcorn, dumping it in his, dumping it in his, uh, in his helmet. I mean, he was so fun to watch, and he was so fucking good. I mean, do you remember when he scored a touchdown Went to the went to the uh, when he played for the Eagles. Went to the Cowboys. Went to the Cowboys star and fucking posed at the star and got rammed. I think by Ray, Roy Williams. I don't remember exactly who hit him. But uh, dude, those days of watching To, it may it probably is one of the reasons I wanted to become a wide receiver growing up. I mean, I I became number eleven because of Roy Williams' wide receiver, but. Those Tony Romo, those Tony Romo T.O. days were also the days that sort of soured me on the Cowboys. I still love the Cowboys. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I we talk a lot of shit because I grew up loving them so fucking much, and they just constantly disappointed me every single December. I mean, you would go, you you'd have like a eleven and five season going into the playoffs, so hot, first round done, or or need a, a a play to get in game in December lose done and you spend all off season go all right next year's our next year's our year next year's our year you know we, we're gonna be far away Phillips is our coach but it's fine next year's our year you get tired of it you get so frustrated by it that's why I give so much fucking credit to people like Cody who can stay a fan of the Lions their entire life entire time I mean that's that's like almost like almost like a mental like gymnastics that Seriously, you have to he's, stay as a he's like a monk. Or <laughs> <laughs> he swore abstinence for like his entire life. He swore to never feel joy during <laughs> during the months of between August and December. <laughs> I mean at least he at least he knows he has like a off actual off season. Instead. Yeah, he knows exactly. He can plan his entire vacation around the Lions. He knows exactly when it's going to end <laughs> the day. <laughs> when you don't, you, you don't have to worry about going to the Super Bowl. But no, nope. <laughs> I mean, with the Lions, I am, I'm cautiously optimistic for. Yeah, I get it. Because they're, you know, Dan Campbell. He may be. Uh, I I don't think that he's going to end up ultimately being the head coach of the of the Lions. Like for long, long he's not yeah. going to. We'll see. I th- I don't think he's going to be that. Uh, that like he I don't. But I think what he is is if you want it because of, of 
important thing that the Lions are trying to do is they're trying to change the culture mm-hmm. of their te- of their team. And I don't think that Dan Campbell is going to be the kind of guy that's going to take him over and become this football genius and scheme and get there, uh, become a great head coach. But I think he's definitely the kind of guy that you have in an organization that's going to be able to change the culture of that team and be able to at least have his players believing in themselves instead of kind of like where, you know, the Lions always find a way to lose. Yeah, they do. Man, I... Nothing yet. Yeah, yeah, I... I, I totally agree with that, man. I mean, that entire team is sort of an experiment on culture shift because every coach, almost every coach is an ex-player. They talk to the players in a way that most coaches don't. They treat them. Respect isn't the right word. I don't think, you know, Belichick doesn't not respect his players, but he teaches, he talks to them in a way that he's better than them. So D, Motor City Dan Campbell, um, Deuce, what's his name? That is one of the assistant coaches. They they speak to their players like, hey man, I'm with you. I'm gonna look out for you. Well, I know what you're going like through. Gassers with them too. Yeah, doing up downs and gassers with them, dude. Unreal. I mean, and, so this could. I've never seen that like his his speeches where he's going like, dude, I just want you guys to win. Like, yeah, I see cheering up. Fucking do. Yeah, like, he's he's crying like every five fucking minutes. Dude, it's unreal. Yeah, for real. I mean. It, that's why we we had to make a podcast specifically for the Browns. We were fucking pumped. I mean, more so Dan Campbell was getting us excited. I get it. I I just think they have so many problems, bro. I I want them to have all the success in the world. I really do, and they they really might. And I think if they do end up having some success, this will start a sort of chain reaction along the entire NFL of ex players getting these opportunities. As head coaches, as assistant coaches, oh, more. Yeah, like there are great ex coaches, obviously, great ex players that are coaches, obviously, but a good amount of them, you know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, great coaches, obviously, but, you know, they weren't really, I mean, they played. Pete Carroll played, not in the pros, but a lot of these, all, all these guys obviously played football, but there aren't many guys that are like, you know, like Mike Vrabel, like you said, a pro bowler ex player that is now a coach. Not like some practice squad guy, you know, Dan Orlovsky, for example, you know, horrible quarterback in real life. But when you listen to him on TV, he knows his shit. He really does know his stuff. He just. Yeah, fucking, uh, let's see. Sean McVay played at Miami of Ohio. Yeah. See, like these guys, like that, they know, they know everything. They just never eclipsed 200 yards in his car. He had his career high is 198 yards. Was he a quarterback? No, wide receiver. Oh, no shit. Wow, Sean McVay was a wide receiver. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. What was Shanahan? I feel like Shanahan went to a bigger school because of his dad. Like he got some sort of special treatment from somewhere, I bet. <laughs> he goes like fucking Stanford or something. Mm-hmm. No, he went to Texas. Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't okay. play. He didn't play? Yeah, he didn't play anything. Yeah, well, I mean. And he's an incredible coach. I mean, there's something to be said for both both ways, I think. He played wide receiver. He he caught 14 passes for 127 yards. Oh, like he played, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) He's been out there when they were, like, blowing the shit out of, like... (laughs) Maybe he was writing plays on the sideline or something. (laughs) But, I mean, I just... I think it's cool to have these ex-players get opportunities like this. I really hope it works out because if it doesn't, it's not a good look, you know? Who's it down in uh, Tampa? Oh, uh, Byron Leftwich. There's a uh, yeah. He's the OC, yeah. And uh, 
No, What's Byron Leftwich is the head coach. Oh, is he now? I thought I thought it was Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, yeah, sorry. Was he an ex player too though, or no? Yeah, I no. I don't think he was. Um Byron but, I mean, Leftwich is getting up there and coaching now. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, it is uh he hey, Todd Bowles was a former player. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, hey, Washington Washington hired it. The 49ers. Oh, no and... shit. Wow. Probably Washington not. hired an ex-player a couple years ago as their new GM. Yeah, that's not worked out though. Bruce no, Allen. I mean, I think they just hired him because no offense to the to the Washington football or commanders, whatever you want to call them now. They are they are such a bad PR nightmare that they just hired a black dude that was an ex-player just to look good. I feel like I just think that's what they did. Like yeah, it's, I think it's a good hire, but I think that's why they did it. Just because Dan Snyder is such a piece of shit, they gotta look good. I really I mean Snyder doesn't want people looking too much into it. Well remember the remember the Sean Taylor memorial thing they just randomly did out of nowhere with no heads up, right in the middle of some right in the middle of the allegations shit coming out about Dan Snyder. Yeah, like, like <laughs> don't don't look at that. Like just yeah. don't like we, we we care. Yeah, remember Sean like, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, remember that player that died like ten years ago? And he was incredible. Years? I mean, God, yeah, that guy that guy probably would have been a Hall of fucking Famer if he would have wouldn't have passed away. Who knows? It's hard to say that though. You know, I mean, you never really know what people what, what ends up happening with people's you careers know careers. But I mean, like like Cam Newton, if you just saw his rookie year, you'd be like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be a for sure Hall of Famer. But yeah, and then it happens. Injuries, well, what his, whatnot. His playing style, yeah, kind of lent itself to doing that. Yeah, yeah. I I also think that the the, the the um Panthers didn't do him any favors. They're doing similar thing to um CMC now. Just they they get a good player, they finally hit a good player, and they just use him constantly. Maybe Luke Keekley leaving is the reason they suck now because they haven't really been good since then, huh? Yeah, but yeah. Keekley, well, like I I I get why Keekley wanted to like you you could tell he wanted to keep playing, but he was just like I physically cannot do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it for sure. But, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey—he's played ten games the last two years. It's unreal, and people—he's still like the number one or two pick in most fantasy drafts right now. I'm not touching him. I am terrified to touch him. But everywhere I look, people are like, "Who are you picking, Jonathan Taylor or, or Christian McCaffrey?" And I'm like, "Why is this a question?" Like, I don't—I'm <laughs> terrified of Christian McCaffrey. That's the best online in football. Do what? Jonathan Taylor still has the best O-line in football. And he's probably going to be the workhorse of that entire offense. I mean, the focal point. they got a better quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and a more, like, normal quarterback. Like, hand the ball off, throw the ball. Like, don't do anything stupid and crazy. Just a former MVP. Yeah, for sure. Great player. I think they have some uh, some really good upside. I mean, they should have. They should have made the playoffs last year. They couldn't beat the fucking Jaguars into the year. Unreal. And then the Commanders were like, "Oh, we want that guy." <laughs> and that guy. He's a he's a culture changer. Unreal. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get why people keep going all in on Carson Wentz. He had one half of a great one, season. Like half season <laughs> yeah. when they won the Super Bowl. Like an MVP candidate for like half a season. Yeah, then he got hurt, and then Nick Foles came in and won a Super Bowl. Maybe that just fucked his confidence. 
Like maybe just ever since then, it's like it's like Manti Teo. It's just he he was so filled with anxiety he couldn't play. You know, speaking of that, sort of brings me to my wreck this week. Did you watch that yet? No. Manti Teo untold, dude. I mean, we all sort of knew the story. You know, he he his girlfriend died, his grandma died. Yeah, I know that the grandma. Yeah, like like leukemia. Uh huh. Yeah, she... She... and then. The whole year goes by, and then we find out it was fake. He got catfished. I personally never thought he was in on it. That was never my idea. I thought he was just an idiot. I was like, how the fuck did you fall for that? A fucking meathead. That's what I thought. I never thought he was in on it. Some people did. And after we watched the documentary, I don't think he was in on it at all. I mean, it didn't help him one bit. I mean, no. it, I mean, once it came out, I mean. I mean, one, the having a fake girlfriend probably is the reason he was you know, second or third in the Heisman vote, honestly. I mean, it's voted yeah, on by because, I mean, the, by the sports journalists. That's just your play. It's also yeah, like your story with it. Yeah, and the journalists vote on it. And all year they spent. You watch this documentary. All year they spend talking about Manti Teo and his dead girlfriend. And I mean, and then uh, I forget the name of the website that, that that you know bust the actual story. They just they set out not to make Manti Teo look like an idiot. They set out to make. ESPN and, and NBC and ABC and all these people who got ideas who didn't fact check their stories. All you have to do is reverse Google search the image of his girlfriend and it came back not as her. And you, you Google her name. The only 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 uh, ne- mention of her name anywhere in the world is just being Manti Teo's dead girlfriend. That's it. Yeah. And ESPN and none of these other big places thought that was odd. And I remember back then, I admittedly was one of those people that were like, what a fucking idiot. Looking back on it, I think it had a lot more to do with his religion than they brought, than they, than they said in the documentary. I think being Mormon had something to do with it. I mean, he was so, one, never had a relationship, probably. Two, he, he was so, he wanted a Polynesian Mormon girlfriend so bad that he fell for it immediately. I just I felt so bad for the guy at the end of it though. I mean, because it it makes you realize you see him playing in college, and he looks so good. And then he looked like a well, he was a very good linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then he was invisible in the pros, really. And the way he mentioned the way he says it is, he the first game of his rookie year. As the game was about to start, he said his he felt his feet all the way up to his neck go numb. And he felt that for three years. And so they got a therapist and realized it was anxiety. And that's what that's all this because I mean the entire world was telling him, like, oh, you know, you made up a dead girlfriend to get in Heisman. And it just totally fucking ruined him. I felt so bad for the guy. Yeah. Terrible. Well, like you fuck up. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. And then he fucks up. That's on national television. And we remember it 10 years later. People make documentaries about it. If I got catfish, you and my, like my buddies and that person that catfished me would know about it. There wouldn't be a documentary made about it years later. The worst part about the documentary was the, the person who did it, who at the time of catfishing him was a man, now, now transitioned to a woman, goes by Naya, and she, at one point, because Man Teo went on TV 
said what happened, no one believed him, then he released the voicemails from her. And it was it sounded like a legit female voice. And she went on this documentary and was like, I couldn't believe he did that. That was so rude. Like she was like acting like she was the victim because he released the voicemail. And it's like, bitch, you like he went from a first round, like a for sure, probably top 10 first round pick to a second round pick. That may not seem like a lot, but to me and you, we That's realize a lot of guaranteed money. So much guaranteed money. I mean, millions and millions of dollars that he lost out on because of that. Not only that, but it ruined his total reputation. Either people thought he was in on it, people thought he was stupid, or people thought he was gay secretly. That was another yeah, thing. That was, people I remember said, that. Yeah. That people said that a lot, too, in the documentary. So I felt so bad for the guy. I just felt bad for myself, too, because not bad for myself, bad about myself, because I for sure made a few jokes. I, I, catfishing was brand new. Still watching it, I'm like, dude, how? I, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get how do you not say, hey, let's FaceTime. And she says no after 20 times. Well, they had Skype or something. You know what I mean? Like they had something that they could have done. And unreal. I'm part of like a prolific fucking football team. Yeah. (laughs) And eventually they found uh, the girl that the picture that whose pictures were used. Yeah. And she was just, she like went to high school with the guy slightly you know at the time the guy who was catfishing her um catfishing him sorry it's trying to keep up um <laughs> but uh yeah it was really really crazy man there's another one that just came out that i haven't watched yet called untold the rise and fall of and one like the and one basketball uh, no, thing never, i'm gonna check that out one. you don't remember and one dude and one was uh, like i don't watch basketball <laughs> and one was like street ball basically you know it that was that was might be cool one to check out and when we're trying to 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 the nba do what it's like nba street to the nba basically yeah it was like you know where uh i mean if you don't know the guy's name there was white chocolate there was uh what was this this giant guy named crazy fucking dunks yeah oh no that's the guy that's the dunker guy white chocolate's the guy with the crazy handles and then there was this other guy named S. Clay. That was this giant black guy. <laughs> it was just, it was just really fun, you know, street shit talking basketball. It was cool to talk, cool, really cool to watch. Never heard of it. Again, I love sports documentaries. So yeah, it, and you learn stuff. I mean, obviously you learn stuff, but you know, like the man said, "Tell you, I didn't like. I don't enjoy learning." <laughs> Like, what I mean is, like, the Manteo, there's something that just don't, I, I forgot, I didn't realize, like, the gay thing. Totally forgot people thought he was gay after that. Yeah. I, that never crossed my mind. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was like, if he was gay, he would just be fucking guys on the down low, probably. He wouldn't do this whole yeah, elaborate. He was all over it. <laughs> yeah, for real, he was in San Diego getting it, and if he wanted to. God, that, that is, sucks, though. That's that is, uh a good way to like fuck up your life really good it really is man i mean this that's you you see me in titeo you don't think like because he was a really good linebacker yeah really good dude and also just think about that fucking linebacking core that linebacking core had man titeo and jalen smith did it really wow wow they were showing the uh they were showing the um whatever the number one linebacker award is in the college you know they were showing that and he beat out Luke Keekley sitting next to him, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Fuck, that's a fucking 
Luke Keekley, I mean, might be a Hall of Famer. We'll see. That's Keekley? yeah, probably, probably, right? I mean, it's just crazy that when you see guys like that, Luke Keekley's a nerd with the glasses on and just like sitting there, it's like, okay, wow, <laughs> like Andrew Luck now, yeah, or uh. Uh, have you seen Orlando Franklin? No. Yeah. Oh, I heard no. He lost a bunch of weight, right? Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, I have seen that. He He's... he almost looks too skinny. <laughs> well, just going from like his from like what you saw, and I mean, fuck, he was like three hundred and thirty pounds. Now oh. he's like two hundred. No, yeah, I mean he's he's skinnier than me. Maybe he feel fat. <laughs> he looks good. He does. And it's like crazy to think. Like how much those guys put their bodies through. It's unreal, like, man. Where they're uh, then there's like James Harrison who still looks like he can play. <laughs> yeah, Joe Thomas lost a bunch of weight too, didn't he? When he uh, retired. Linemen, they have to like they really have to eat all the time, work lift every yeah. day, and it that's why they die at like fifty. Sucks, man. I mean. Everything I see, like if if you're a big guy, like just don't be an NFL offensive lineman. I wonder if you asked them, like you're getting, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Your kids and your kids' kids are set up. Is it worth to you? Is it worth it to you? That's the way. You know, or like you think like they're they're like knees and like you always hear like they can't fucking walk. Their hearts, man. God. That's a lot of pressure on your body. I can't. Yeah, it sucks. And also, like, it's the most thankless job in the NFL. Absolutely. So an offensive lineman has to do his job perfectly. Mm -hmm. Because the one time he fucks up, it's a sack. And it's your fault. And everybody, it's the only time anybody's going to notice you. Yeah. when you gave up a sack where you got fucking torched or something. Yeah, there's a reason they pay left tackle just as much as almost as much as quarterbacks. I mean, they deserve it. The best ones, they deserve it. Yeah, they really because do. Because <laughs> they're they have to be what six foot five, six foot six, three hundred to three hundred fifty, and be pounds. able to move. Yeah, <laughs> and be able to block a guy that's weighing like two eighty, two sixty, unreal, and runs or like what did Miles Garrett run like a four five? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you, yeah. Have to, you, I mean, you have Dom, to. Dominic Superman a four or five. I remember yeah. that from the combine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so you, and then you have to stop that man. Well, no I mean, way. Less athletic. Nope. I mean, you just, have. Yeah, you deserve all the money in the world. That's why when you see a bad left tackle, you it you can really see it. I mean, when they're just getting fucking cooked, God, it's embarrassing. <laughs> It really is. Well, I mean, I remember the couple of times when when D. Ware and Von Miller did that to some people. Man, it was just remember the fake spin move. Yeah, we're, that oh. was against Trent Williams, though. Was it really? Yeah, I had to pull out all the stops against Trent Williams. I'll, I'll give that respect. Trent Williams out for the season. Really? Damn. You see Tyron yeah. Smith, man. Oh, no, Tyron Smith. Sorry, bro. Smith. That was uh, tore his hamstring off the bone. Yeah, it was terrible. I feel so bad for that guy and the fucking Bron- uh, Cowboys. I mean, fuck. Yeah, that's a that's a bad injury because what they have to essentially do because when your it detaches like that, you're it's like a torn Achilles where your muscle rolls up. So in order, oh, so to, it like it literally like does this. It like, oh my god, that's terrible! Like watch that. So they have to take the tendon and re like extend it out, and then you 
uh, in order to make sure that it's going to stay the correct length for the entire uh, duration of your care. You cannot bend at the hip Dude. or at the knee until you're you're healed. That would drive you crazy. Or imagine being no. Try shitting. Oh yeah, shitting. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Because they want to make sure that that tendon is going to come back at the correct length. That because sucks, if you man. end up being allowing it to your you bend your knee or do other stuff, it's going to be end up too short, and then you're just going to tear it. That sucks, man. I mean, I think Tyron Tyron Smith has had some injury issues these last few years, but yeah. when that dude's on the field, I mean, he's one of the best left tackles in the game. I mean, he's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that really uh, really sucks. I mean, yeah, I think they did draft a tackle specifically, probably because they were worried. About yeah. something like this happening, but you you can't really replace Tyron yeah, Smith. Okay, go out and replace Tyron Smith. Like, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. you have to get. You and have they to get got so rid lucky. of uh, Leo Collins too. Oh, did they? Yeah, man. And then they got rid Leo of Collins uh... is on. Uh... Oh god, they're on the. Uh... He's on the Bengals. Oh really? Okay. Well, that's that's a good pickup for them. Yeah, they needed it. Yeah, fuck yeah, they do. Uh, and uh... So, no, now they're. I'm just looking at their. Uh... Their old line, their old, their backup, Matt Wallitzko. Okay, she is he a rookie? I thought I heard they drafted a rookie. Okay, he's six six three oh five. Jesus Christ, that's fucking huge. Huge, huge, but also a rookie. And oh my God, they're fucking left guard. Do I know him? Fucking McGovern. Really. From the Broncos, the oh, from Broncos fame. Oh, I remember him. I bet he plays a lot better there than he does here. That's what usually happens. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they, as soon as they get over to the Cowboys, they're uh, they're they uh, become a fucking superstar. Unless you're Derek Wolf, then you're then you're invisible as soon as you Once leave. Ever, Derek Wolf. I mean, he was a solid guy for the Ravens for yeah. a lot of years. Yeah, but he wasn't like here. He was a like cha- game changer. Some days. Oh, it's a different Connor McGovern. Connor, this is Connor McGovern that just played for the Cowboys. Oh, really? There's two Connor McGoverns. Wow. Yeah, play offensive line. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's uh Oh yeah, he's retired. <laughs> or no, he's played center for the Jets. And didn't uh didn't Michael Gallup tear their ACL tear, tear his ACL for them too? After they got rid of Mario uh, Cooper? Yeah. yeah, as soon as as soon as he's able to but uh, there's been a lot of injuries. That's why I'm kind of glad that we're waiting until the uh, end of preseason because it's just crazy shit. Like, I mean, we, mm-hmm. you never really saw what happened. Like, uh, what's his face? Uh, I can't. Oh, Broncos wide receiver that tore his ACL. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Thank you. Uh, like, that's out of fucking nowhere. Like, yeah. It was a non-contact thing. He goes down. He's out for the fucking year. Dude, that sucks. How do you feel about most of these teams not playing their starters in the preseason? Fuck it. I'm cool with it. I think it's probably it's I imagine it has something to do. Russell Wilson needs more more time. Do you think I don't think he needs time, but I, I do wonder if if they need that sort of ramp up period. A little bit. I just wonder. That's all. Because you know, last year when we had not last year, two years ago, whenever we had zero preseason, tons of injuries that week one. 
Oh, I mean, you're Nick, talking like getting into like football shape. Yeah, just like you know, like you know, a little bit of contact, not then then ramp up to a full game. I don't know. Obviously, they know a lot more than I do. I just am curious, you know, if if that's good or bad for the players. I mean, obviously, it's probably better in the preseason to let the lower guys get playing time because they're the ones fighting well, for their jobs. And I think it's kind of a twofold kind of question because yeah. now you're down to three uh, preseason games. And you got to cut down your roster to 53 men mm-hmm. from like 90 something. Yeah. And so you're running. And so you're, you have less preseason games to evaluate yeah. all those guys. So you almost have to just play all your backups and everything mm-hmm. in the last game, just so you could see everybody and see how they're doing. That makes sense. And I've heard, you know, the argument that coaches control, you know, they get, they get together with the other coaches, they can control practice in such a way where they want to see certain things from their starters they can just set it up and do it all day long yeah. and they probably can't get enough work in i was just curious you know i i hope knock on wood that we don't have the same issue that we had a couple of years ago with you know nick boza and all those guys going out week one richard sherman i well, think got hurt that, too so, and it was terrible was is it i uh, is it it's the 49er stadium fucking sucks that's true huh that might and be that. apparently like reggie bush was suing them over that no shit yeah, because he like tore his ACL in his last season, and he couldn't, and he like couldn't play the rest of his contract. Wow, of that sucks. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, personally feel like they got it figured out, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's, I mean, it's twofold. I think that one, you have like that stadium is just apparently the turf is just fucking terrible. Yeah, and then also like you can work out all you want. But you're not going to be in football shape. True, that's really true. Because it's a it's a different thing. It's like re- well, it is. wrestling. Like you can, I could run and do all the stuff for wrestling I wanted. But if I didn't get down on the mat and actually wrestle and train, yeah. then I was going to get injured. It's almost like building a callus. You know, it's like you got to like get those hits in and like 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 conditioning your shins if you're a fighter. Yeah, it's uh, it makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they have enough of it in practice. I just I'm curious what you know because a bunch of people around the shop come by and like, oh, why aren't they playing Russell Wilson? I'm usually like, oh, I get it. You know, they probably are getting enough practice in and stuff. We'll see him soon. But I was curious to know what you thought. Did Peyton play his first year? I don't know if he really did play much in the preseason. Yeah, I don't think he really did much. Um. Good question, though. I really I can't remember. I feel like back then people I remember vividly it being like first season and first game you play like a drive, maybe. And then it's like a quarter and then a half, you know, and then a half and then one more drive. And then like you build up that way. I remember them doing it that way. But and, you know, we still had injuries, obviously. Injuries just happen. So I'm sure it won't have that much of an effect on anything, but we'll see. You know, it's all, it's all gonna come down to uh, week one against uh, Seattle. Yeah, buddy, I can't wait. Ah, so uh, fucking close. So your your recommendation for the week was that uh, Manti Teo untold. Yes. Okay. It's called the girlfriend that didn't exist. I think is what it's called. Sounds like me in middle school. <laughs> and, that was uh, cool, man. Uh, Mine this week is actually a book because uh, cool. I actually have been uh, 
I listen to pot, our uh, book audio books all the time. Uh, okay, it's one that it's been it's pretty well known. It's Ender's Game. Ender's Game. Oh, I think my wife has read that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I've never I knew the movie was a gigantic flop and it was terrible, but um, I just it kept uh, you know I kind of looked for sci-fi books. It kept coming up, and I was like, okay, fine, fuck it, I'll bite the bullet on it. And uh, okay, about a couple hours into it, and it's it's very good. It's awesome. Uh, it's uh, definitely uh, tickles that sci-fi world building kind okay. of stuff, and uh, it's kind of reminds me of kind of like a Halo vibe. Where really okay, taking, taking kids or uh, I guess you have you ever read uh, Fall of Reach? Uh, no, but I, I I sort of remember the movie. You know, like a little kid has to like run some like ship or something some war or something like that what is it some aliens yeah i i sort of remember it's kind of like taking those kids away from their parents okay uh like turning them into weapons of war so okay i'm all for that so okay that sounds awesome man uh, i mean it's a great recommendation since it came out like 1980s but check that out find the ball for sure (laughs) well thank you man i'll have to check that out for sure but uh yeah, man, uh, excited to fucking see you. Uh, one more, uh, what's it, next weekend uh, will be first, our first game is going to be Dude, I know. the 8th, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it should be the 8th. Uh, I'm not sure who's, uh, I think it, isn't it the Bengals and the Rams? Mm, that would be it, sick. Uh, That'd be cool because they had that giant brawl at practice the other day. It is the Bills and the Rams on Bills September. And Rams. That's gonna be a good game. That's Hell good yeah, game. man! We're coming. That's, I mean, that's fucking. That's close. That is yeah. So close. Well, <laughs> and uh, we'll do. Uh, we'll definitely talk again beforehand, but we're sure. uh, uh, next time. Let's talk our fantasy, okay? I love that. Let's do that for sure. Um, we'll talk more during the week about what exactly we want to talk about. Um, also during the during the season, do you want to start doing podcasts on Tuesday nights, like after all the games are over? Yeah, it depends. Just kind of uh, Tuesday school. might be tough. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but we'll figure just, it out. We'll figure it out. I'll just uh, I got I got classes. I feel you. Cool and Taco Tuesday. I don't know why I was just thinking Taco Tuesday. In case I go out most nights. One thing, but. Uh, Love you, man. Always love you too. And uh, you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. You too, man. Bye bye.